You are listening to the Awake Athlete Podcast. I'm Jess Kamkowski, endurance athlete and mindset coach, here to share with you perspectives and contemplations from a 10,000-foot view of life. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for joining me for another episode of the Awake Athlete Podcast. It truly is such a challenge, such a joy, so effortless and um, so empowering to share this podcast with you because I would say nine out of 10 times I get to scale the wall of resistance (laughs) before I hit record. And that's just the mind. That's just how it works. And I remember my Yoga mentor Philip said once that the, you know, the mind is like a constant Google search, right? It's like constantly got the little hourglass up there. Is that even, I think that's so outdated, but if you are as old as me, you remember the little hourglass and the little hourglass and it's always just searching, 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 searching. And that's just the mind, you guys. It's a thought producing machine and you can fight it. You can be ruled by it or... If you're listening to this podcast, I'm going to make the grand assumption that you are on the path to being the master of it. And when we can be the master of our mind, oh my gosh. And when I say a master of your mind, you know, there's no destination. So mastery is a moment to moment process. And I had a moment that I believe was a moment of mastery on my bike ride today. What I've found through the practice of, you know, mindfulness, just paying attention paying attention to what you're doing while you're doing it. So let me personalize it. Paying attention to what I'm doing while I'm doing it. And of course, the incubator and the accelerator um, towards being the master of your mind, towards being able to see when you're operating from the lower self is meditation, daily practice of meditation. Early on in 2020, I adopted a second meditation which I'm still continuing, and I have also continued to keep it really light. It can be five minutes, it can be guided, it can, you know, it can just be silence, it can be different panayama or breathing exercises. It can be lying down, which is like, woof, I've always had such a hard rule on that. But for my second practice, um, yeah, I've been going a little bit lighter and easier on myself because there's plenty of the ego, which is always beating ourselves up. Okay, so that leads me to my story today. So I went out for a ride and coach, who is also my husband, coach said, I want you to push the climbs. And everything else is just math pace easy. So I've been doing, since I got my bike, I also got a heart rate monitor back in August. And I've been really going back to math training because I've been off the heart rate monitor and going on feel for uh, for many years. And after many years of using the heart rate monitor, I mean, I can pretty much tell you what my heart rate is at any given time. But I also believe that what I did was I kind of got a little too comfortable in the gray zone without using the heart rate monitor. So I pulled it back, strapped on that heart rate monitor. And it's so cool to see that if you are just consistent with the math training um, or Uh, In my case, if you just listen to your coach and follow the plan because you work with a coach because they know what they're doing, and I have seen the behind the scenes with my husband for so many years, oh my gosh, and his mentors and the people he's learned from. So I just trust. I trust. I trust. Yeah, I fight for my limitations sometimes. Yeah, I go out and run too soon after, you know, taking time off for 
a niggle in the body. I'd do all those things and that's all operation from the lower self. So today's plan was push the climbs and there is a lot of climbing around me here in Carlsbad and I was going to go east and then end up along the coast and then cruise back home. So the rest of the ride was just going to be Z2 or even recovery. So just easy, like no pressure. And so I'm going and climbing, you know, I'm pushing the climbs and going easy and looking around. It's an amazing day. I'm just really in this experiencing a lot of gratitude uh, for my able body, for the beautiful sun, you know, always looking for reasons to feel grateful um, in my life. That is such a powerful feeling to move from is gratitude. It's the highest state of receiving. So I crossed through this busy intersection, which is at the top of a hill, which I've just pushed this climb, came to a red light, and then the light turned green and I started to go and I just was like, I started to like hammer it. And I'm like hammering and, but I'm not even noticing it at this point. But what I do notice is this voice in my head that goes, what are you doing? What are you doing? And that interrupted this automatic pilot I was in. And when I noticed what I was doing, I was going too hard on a section that I didn't need to go too hard on. And I was feeling like an impatience, an anxiousness. And I was like, what am I? Yeah, what am I doing? So I slowed down a little bit and this impatience, this like, I have to get it, I, I, need to, I need to go faster here, was really what the thought was behind that, was I need to go faster here. I'm not going fast enough. So then I did something that I love to do is, what is the thought behind the thought? I love the thought behind the thought, which is really another way of saying, what do I need to believe in order to, to feel this way? What do I need to believe? What is the thought behind the thought? Because the thought itself, think about the thought is just kind of like the surface and there's always something underneath it. There's history there that's fueling that thought. So I was like, as I slowed way down and started going very easy, I said, what is the thought behind the thought? And you know what came up? Oh my gosh, this is so, I, it's embarrassing, but I also think that a lot of people might be able to relate to me. I was thinking about Strava and I was thinking about uploading my ride and I was thinking about how slow I am and I was thinking like, well, they're not going to know that I pushed the climbs and all they, right? Like who's they? And my average speed and this and that and it was all related to Strava and it's interesting because I wrote down Strava is the guru or Strava is your guru. I wrote that down a couple of months ago because I really wanted to do a podcast on on Strava and you know explaining my relationship with it because I've really had this very egoic relationship with it. Like I'm not fast enough. I'm not, um, you know, I, I stayed off it for so long, thinking like you had to be at a certain level to join Strava, and it's so silly. It is so silly. So Strava has really become a guru for me because I notice how I feel when I upload workouts. I noticed how I um, th- how the ego was perpetuating this this belief that I'm not enough. You know that I'm that my paces are not enough. That I'm not fast enough. That I've been in this you know 
endurance sports long enough. I should be somewhere else or I'm not as fast as I was when I was 39. And so the thought behind the thought was Strava. The thought behind the thought was, what is everybody going to think? And then the thought behind that was, they're going to think you're a loser. So what's the point of the story here? The point of the story here is, you guys, we are so (laughs) self-absorbed. We are so self-absorbed. And that's the ego. It's the lower self. It needs you to win or to lose. It needs you to be better than or less than. And in many cases, it's it's mostly less than. Even when it's telling you you're better than, it's really coming from a place of needing to prove yourself, um, which is really like a place of lack. So I remember when I was in yoga teacher training, and perhaps a lot of those references will be coming up in these seasons and these episodes because 2013, when I did my yoga teacher training was, oh my gosh, a lot went down in that yoga teacher training. And um, I remember that the teacher or Philip, my mentor, was talking about how you know, people don't want to be in the front of the class and if they're beginners, they want to be in the back of the class and how important it is to really open up Uh, a safe space and and to do that by putting them in the middle of the class. And one of the things he was talking about was they always want to hide in the back because they don't, they think everybody's going to look at them. And this is when I really began to understand how self-absorbed we are when we are functioning from the lower self, when we are acting from egoic impulses, is that somebody goes to class and it doesn't even matter. You don't even have to be a beginner. I used to do this as a teacher. I would go, go to class. I would get somewhere in, you know, in the room and I would watch all the egoic impulses and thoughts about how everybody was watching me. Listen, nobody's watching you in the yoga class except for the yoga teacher who is your advocate, who is the person who is guiding you in this science of the mind that will lead you to enlightenment, right? Nobody is looking at you. And you know why? Because they're all so concerned about who is looking at them. And this is the mechanisms of the ego. This is the mechanism of the conditioned mind. Conditioned by our world to be better than, less than, rich, poor, victim, victimizer, um, loser, winner, the whole thing. And so when we can catch ourselves there and realize that it's so crazy, here I am, committed myself to this heart rate training, I'm pushing too hard. And when I look at the thought behind the thought, I realize it's because, you know, the 37 people or whatever that follow me on Strava are going to think I'm a loser. And that's insane because a good amount of those people are my teammates my good friends, um, my training partners, people that I love and admire and enjoy. And do they think I'm going to be a loser because, you know, I followed the plan of my coach and, and many of them are coaches? No. But the ego will always fight for your limitations. The ego will always put you into a position of self-absorption. It will put you into the poor me. It will put you into the, oh, poor them. No, there's no poor them, you guys. We all have the same potential. We're just different stops along the way. We're on the same train. And so to look at people, whether we think that they are the best or the worst, 
but to look at them and see them as who they truly are, the big self, the perfected self, the self that can never lose and can never win, the one that just watches it all, creates it all, and loves it all. And that's the part that I want to function from. But as long as I'm in this human body, I'm going to have those crazy-ass moments. I'm going to have, thank goodness, that part of me that's awake that says, what are you doing, crazy? What are you doing? You're like fighting to go like 14 miles an hour right now. Just slow down. Let your heart rate drop. Stay committed to what you said you wanted to commit to, which is being able to go faster at a lower heart rate to increase your paces. And here I am jeopardizing the paces because the thought behind the thought is that somebody on Strava is going to think I'm a loser. Well, if they think I'm a loser, then they can unfollow me. But chances are everything that I experienced on that ride today was all a drama show of the ego and nothing more. So in the next time you think that everybody's watching you or you're going to a yoga class or you don't want anybody to see you, don't worry. They're not even looking at you. They are so concerned about everybody looking at them. Peace out, peeps. I hope you enjoyed that episode and I hope you catch yourself in these egoic moments because they're crazy and we got to laugh and we got to smile because remember... That ego is not our enemy. 